Hello guys, just a couple of news. The Double Espresso show was known as Only Sex is Better up until March 2017. That means until episode 4. We have then rebranded, uh, but that's the reason why you'll hear the name Only Sex is Better a lot in this episode. From episode 5 onwards, we've been the Double Espresso show. And I hope this won't bother you too much. I know we're happy with it. And that was the first news I had, so the change of the name. The second one is that this podcast is brought to you by Audible. If you go to audible.com slash espresso show, you can get a free audiobook and 30 days trial on the Amazon app to listen to books. If you like this show, help us and go to audibletrial.com slash espresso show. The subscription is free for you, but I mean a few dollars for us, for covering the costs of hosting the show, for example. It's just a few clicks for you, but it means the world to us. So please, audibletrial.com slash espresso show. Alright, enough with the news. Without further ado, please enjoy the show, previously known as Only Sex is Better, and now the one and only, The Double Espresso Show. Good morning, boys and girls, and welcome to a new episode of Only Sex is Better. Thank you so much for the feedback that you've given us uh, for the first episode about fasting. We got almost all the feedback on WhatsApp. So as we said already, (laughs) (laughs) send us the feedback online. So you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, everywhere. But we started to share uh, some of the feedback also publicly. So if you send it on WhatsApp, just know we're going to be sharing that pretty much and uh, today we're gonna be talking about personal finance and investing especially 10 steps that will help you if you follow them they will really help you to get way richer and I'm not kidding here and uh, as usual we start with the casa so Claudio how are you doing I'm doing very well. I'm um, talking to you from a, a hotel room uh, at the 11th floor of some very noisy hotel in New York. And uh, I still haven't moved into my apartment, but I will do uh, soon. So living in a hotel is very cool to just uh, not eating because you cannot cook your food. Uh, so yeah. I've been going to, yeah, yeah so lots, lots of intermittent fasting. But I think something very interesting that happened to my life, I bought a new tool a new gadget to cook that it's basically, I'm not sure if you have heard of this and I'm not sure how many have heard of this because I didn't, but it's called the sous vide. Uh, so basically it's a, it's a thing you put it in the water. It starts kind of warming the water. It's a precision cooker. That's what it's called. Okay. Wait, and you can make sous vide. You write that S O U S V I D E. So, so exactly. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Have you heard of this before? Yes. So, Imagine you have a bowl of water, and then you put this machine that looks like a uh, it's like a uh, hair dryer. I don't know. It's a, okay. just a tube. You put it inside, so it starts to warm the water at a very precise temperature. And then you put your meat in a plastic bag, and you put it inside this water. Exactly. And it cooks your steak or vegetables or whatever at a very precise temperature, constant, and it just turns out amazing. Wait a second. So you bought this in New York, right? 
Yes, $129. And, okay, and you do not have a kitchen. So now tell me, how do I trust you <laughs> that this thing works? No, that's the point. So I haven't, uh, I bought it uh, yesterday while I was talking, reading about uh, saving and investing. So I just bought a new uh, tool. Ah, okay. Yes. So, but I, I think it will, uh, so it will come tomorrow to my office and I will try tomorrow and okay. then I will so tell like you next, the next exactly. episode. So this is uh, adventure and excitement. Yes. Exactly. I, I have no idea. If it works. <laughs> Great. That way we need to experiment, right? But it has amazing review on Amazon and apparently that's our chef. They cook their meat. So uh -huh. um, open to it. Absolutely. Let's see. Let's see. And what about your home? Uh, well, what happened to me uh, in the few days after you left, actually something very cool. So we had, I mean, as you know, I'm a creative in an advertising agency and we had an ad shooting at night and uh, which sounds maybe super boring for people who do that all the time. But for me, it was very exotic because I've never done that. So we started at 4 p.m. and it ended at 6 a.m. So that day I worked for about 19 hours. Were you and, one of the actor or? No, 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 no. I was, uh, I was uh, in the, I was in the, you know, in the back. So I, I was one of those who had the idea about the ad. And then, for example, when the actors were doing it, you know, you had some ideas in your mind, and of course, we went through it with the director and the scriptwriter. And then you, you know, we tried to see if the actors were able to, you know, pull off what we thought about. And so we were maybe commenting, ah, could the actor do this or that instead? And, uh, but what was very interesting, I think, was the, to see the level of energy of people and how they, like there, there was about 40 people involved and how everybody was together very tired or very energetic at different times. So between like 1 a.m. and 3 a.m., there was like very going down. And then at four, I think, cause you know, when you're so tired and then you're just a bit crazy, you feel almost a bit drunk. So like at 4 a.m., everybody was just euphoric and, oh, this is amazing, laughing a lot. The actors were laughing. Everyone was. So we had a really good time because we ended then <laughs> at 5. Because if we ended at 3, we're like, oh, you know, fuck this. This was very well, miserable. Hard. Exactly. Yeah. But it was just very interesting. And... Um, and, is that uh, a career change? Is that a career change? Are absolutely you not. No, no, no. I, I'm happy I will do that once every every once in a while. And uh, today we have as a guest Andrea. And uh, now we can uh, reveal to our listeners that you missed the interview completely. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So, so what, happened a... is, what happened is now it's 4 p.m. We had to meet at 2 p.m., which was 7 a.m. in uh, New York. And uh, we waited for about 30 minutes and Claudio didn't show up. And so Andrea was like, well, I do love you, Simone, but I need to also, I know I have a life. So can we start recording? So we recorded the whole episode without Claudio, unfortunately. Yes. So what happened is that I set my alarm for 6 a.m. to actually be able to be there at 7. But then I didn't realize that I edit an alarm they use from Monday to Friday. So hey, obviously. Yes, yes. You know, it happened to me it. as well. It's, it's, the, it's the bedtime alarm from Apple, isn't it? Because I also yes. have it. Yeah, I also have it from Monday to Friday. And uh, on exactly. Saturday, I wanted to go to gym at 6 in the morning. And then I, I did a wake up. And I was like, what happened? Okay, I understand. I had exactly the yes, same thing on Saturday. Because I never... I never have to put the alarm, you know, on a, on a, on a Sunday. So that's the, that's the failure that happened. And, uh, well, exactly. what to do? 
So you now, learn, you live like, and learn. Absolutely. And um, so now I'll I'll uh, I'll introduce Andrea, and then I hope I can cut it together with the with the story that we had. I present to you Andrea and Simone and the ten steps to financial freedom. Many think that only rich people or lucky people can get rich. Like Trump is a sort of lucky guy who inherited a lot of money and that's why he's rich. Well, we're here today to tell you that it's not true, that you can too, we can too, that even with a normal job that we're all doing, you can get slightly richer and especially you can get, you can live better. And, uh, and that's why Andrea is here. And Andrea is an old friend of mine, but especially he's an investor since 2007, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, I picked exactly the right time to start investing, which is about a few months before the biggest crash in, in, in about a few decades. Uh, <laughs> so I, I don't know why I, I cannot be considered specifically smart. Um, but the good thing is I was lucky enough to start investing right before the big crisis. Uh, so when the big crisis hit, um, I was panicking, obviously, uh, but I didn't have that much money invested. I was a young kid uh, saving uh, a nice amount of my salary percentage wise, but still small amounts. Uh, so it wasn't a life changing loss for me. But most importantly, I was um, I was really well followed by some uh, uh, family friends who told me, "Listen, Andrea, it's you know when stocks are going down, they're actually going on sale. Uh, so you shouldn't be worried about it. You should be happy about it and keep buying uh, as they're cheap." So with this um, very simple guidance uh, from, from from people that had a lot more experience than I. Uh, instead of panicking and, and selling everything, which is what, you know, just simply statistically most people actually do, because if stocks are going down, it means there's more people selling than buying. Uh, I was actually doing the opposite. I kept on buying and it's it, it's worked out fairly fine. OK, so uh, the idea is that if you invest in the long term and you have the advantage of being a young guy or girl, uh, there there's very big chance you'll end up uh better than than not right you said a lot of things in one sentence that we need to go through it one by one <laughs> let's uh like okay. for, <laughs> for example the fact that uh, you you talked already about stock so i think probably we need to talk a little bit to like um some basic terms so that people understand but also what is very nice and it's one of the things that i read in the few books that um i read which was like you know doing nothing is the hardest so the fact that like the you know even when you're losing you you still have to you know resist you don't have to sell it you don't have to go crazy but we go we go back there in a in a in a moment uh, i think before introduce like uh, i think we could uh, do this episode because i put together like you you have a blog on investing right mm -hmm. so that's why actually like your let's say the proof that you <laughs> you know about this and that we trust you uh and i put together like few of your blogs and we can create this 10 uh, 10 tips, 10 steps in order to change completely your personal finance and start investing and get richer. And that could exactly. be also the title of, of this podcast. And uh, I I guess we can actually go to the, to the basic terms like stock funds and um, ETF, compound interest, all of that later when we actually start about investing because the first step or the first thing uh, 
is I, we can always do like this, that I could introduce you with the headline and then you can explain a bit what, what mm -hmm. it is. So the first step that I have here is that people need to understand that money equals freedom. Exactly. Uh, the thing is, uh, in my opinion, the approach to personal finance, uh, a lot of people tend to get this wrong for uh, personal finances. First of all, like the way you manage uh, your money and the money you make. Um, I believe that most people actually get their handling of the money uh, very wrong because we tend to go uh, uh, drone on, on the way we manage money, which means that uh, we are uh, in this you know, belief that we do have a job. So every month there's some money that comes in and the more money we make, then the more money we're allowed to spend, basically. So if I make more money, then I can buy bigger things. I can buy a bigger TV screen. I can buy, you know, a nicer car. I can so buy a bigger exactly house. Exactly what I did the moment I got a raise. <laughs> and, and, and it's exactly what, what most people do. Uh, this phenomenon is called lifestyle inflation, which means that if you make a thousand euros, then you're going to spend about a thousand euros. If you start making two thousand euros, instead of saving money, uh, then you'll actually spend 2,000 euros, even if you were living a nice and fine life by spending only 1,000 euros. Now, the first concept to understand is that having money in the bank or having savings, uh, if you have zero euros in your bank because you actually spend everything that you make, um, you are a slave to your job uh, because the moment the money stops coming in, then you're in trouble, right? Uh, if you actually make a thousand euros per month per month and then you actually spend it the moment you lose your job because you know god forbid like your company goes bankrupt or whatever the hell then you're done so having some money saving money from what you make gives you the freedom imagine you have enough money in the bank to sustain your lifestyle for a couple of years then wow. you can say fuck you to a horrible boss or something like that yeah so that's, that's the first point in my that's that's probably though the long period because to get two years worth of surviving you need you need first to create i mean you need to create a big you need to save a lot and it will take you know a lot of time but but we're we're, we're gonna get there we'll, we'll get there but this goes nicely into the second point yeah. uh, in, in my opinion yeah which is yeah which is exactly save a lot is what matters most. Exactly. Uh, we were saying before, okay, imagine if you had two years worth of expenses, okay, yeah. saved in your bank account. That's a lot of money. Uh, if tomorrow you start spending less, you have a, a double positive because number one, you're spending less per month. So the amount you need to save to have a couple of years worth of living expenses is smaller, so it's easier to achieve. And on the other side, you're saving more money per month, so you get you will get there faster. Okay. Yeah. Um, no matter, a lot of people measure uh, wealth in how much somebody makes. Okay. If your neighbor makes ten thousand euros per month, but he spends everything, and you make two thousand euros per month, and you spend half of it. In 10 years, you're going to be the wealthy one and he's not going to be wealthy because exactly. he will have. Yeah, one, one, sorry, yeah one, one good point, actually, like instead of like thinking that people might already have so much, like I think that most of our listeners have between zero and very little saved right now. 
at least that's that's my impression talking talking to many many of them so like really here we're trying to really like tell you that like saving is really important and probably creating a like one thing that you said um in one of your blog was like create an emergency fund as soon as possible what what do you think is the right amount to this emergency fund like something that i have there would be like one month of my salary should be at least two months three months Okay. In, in many things, in my opinion, it's it's a matter of what makes you comfortable. Okay. Uh, there is there is rarely a general rule that applies to everybody, sort of like a blanket statement. Um, usually, what's called the emergency fund is a minimum of three months uh, worth of uh, living expenses. Okay. So unless you have that saved away. Uh, don't even think about investing, about doing other stuff. Just save money and leave it in the bank. The idea of having an emergency fund, uh, which is at least three months of your living expenses, is that some stuff can come up. Your car might break down. Uh, you might need, I don't know, dental surgery or whatever it is. You know, minor bumps in the road. Uh, and the, gen the general thought behind this is that exceptional expenses must be planned for because they actually happen all the time they're not so exceptional if you see what i mean yeah that the emergency is actually <laughs> like yeah that we are in emergency often <laughs> like happens it's true it happens you know you might have a kid or you might have a yeah, well, we had, <laughs> an we had, extra example, kid or yeah, whatever we, it is we had like for example like just like uh two weeks ago we had in our roof there was a leaking and you know that's totally unexpected. Like you know, it started to rain, and then there was a leaky leakage in our roof. And we're like, "What? Now we need to actually repair this." And it was, you know, close to a thousand euro that we had to spend to repair it. So, yeah, exactly. So imagine the most disruptive thing that can happen is to <laughs> put first someone of pregnant. All, make someone pregnant. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, no. Uh, but I mean, if you have a leaky roof, okay. Uh, imagine you don't have the money, then you have to borrow from the bank. Yes. If you borrow from the bank, this is a double whammy because not only you will have to give them the money back, you will also have to give them interest back, which yes. is the, the, the fee that you have to pay the bank for you not having the money. So you're basically screwed twice. First, because you don't have the money. Second, because you have to pay extra. So if you put yourself in a position to be able to handle those emergency expenses that are not so much an emergency. They happen all the time. Once it's your car, once it's your roof, it could be your bike that gets stolen, whatever it is, there's always something that's unexpected. Yeah. So if it happens all the time, it should be expected. So it's not unexpected. Yeah. One thing that uh, you tell in your blog that I appreciated, maybe because we are Italian, but um, that I see, for example, whenever I travel or I see also in, in, in Finland where I live or in New York where we, you've lived in New York as well, Claudia's living there now, so you know, like, uh, for example, try to eat as much as you can at home. So that's like one easy way to save money because like one, like the, was it the, the more, the more there is someone doing something for your job, the more you're going to pay. So if someone will prepare it, you know, put put the table for you, clean the dishes for you. That's the most expensive it can get. And that's exactly a restaurant. Absolutely. The, the three categories, the three spending categories that have the biggest impact on your financial life are housing, transportation, and food. 
Um, so those are the ones you want to take care of. You know, your Netflix, your monthly Netflix is not going to make you bankrupt, okay? But if you rent a bigger house than you can afford, or if you buy a bigger car than you can afford, or if you eat out all the time, that's a disruptive effect that you cannot actually fix in any any sort of way. And that's so and that's number actually, one is yes, and this is actually the number three of our ten steps, which is in general you should change the can I afford this to does this make my life better? And that's a huge difference. And these are the three things that we need to think about: so housing, transportation, and food. Exact. Uh, if you think about it, if somebody started to keep uh, a budget, which is the next point that we're going to talk yeah. about, everybody <laughs> we're should do this. Uh, everybody should do this. But you will notice, and, and this is common for everybody, I think anybody that, that is listening will, will find it himself or herself in this situation. Your largest expense, uh, unless you're either a millionaire or somebody is paying for housing, okay? so if you're renting or if you bought and you have a mortgage, the number one expense that you will have is the house. So that's the one Absolutely. that you want to focus on. And in my opinion, the most important thing, like, like we said before, it, it's not because you can afford it, is like really look at expenses in a way that says, hey, is this going to make my life actually better? Like, is the 60-inch TV screen so much better than the 40-inch? Does it improve your yes, life? Yes, it is. Uh, yes. in a meaningful way <laughs> if the answer is yes then go for it definitely but you know if you're the yeah. kind of guy like maybe two hours of television per week then you you just don't need a, yeah. a big tv screen so number one is housing okay if you're a single guy or a single girl you don't need a, a three-bedroom apartment just because you can pay for it you have a big salary save more money and live in a smaller place obviously decent okay uh, but use the approach whatever makes you happy enough but don't spend money just because you have it and number one is housing number two is transportation cars and gas and all related expenses are normally the number one destroyer of wealth for most people uh, if you actually do the math i have a blog post um, on on my blog that specifically speaks about i call this the title is the reason why you're poor <laughs> the, the, the main reason why you're poor is your car um, Look into the depreciation, the cost of the gas and everything. It's incredible. People will spend as much as one third of their salary to have a car just to carry them around. And the third one is food. Uh, saving money for housing, sometimes it's difficult, okay? Big cities are usually expensive, so you can't compress that, uh, the amount of money that you're spending. Transportation also can be a fixed expense, you know, if, if you have to buy a metro car to go to work, or if you're obliged to, you work in a remote location, you will need the car. So those expenses cannot be touched. But going back to what you were saying before, food expenses are generally huge. Eating out can cost you as much as five times more than eating at home. Uh, it's gigantic. Just stop going out that often. Uh, a lot of people, especially in Anglo-Saxon cultures, they tend to go out, you know, maybe five, six times a week. It's crazy. Just eat at home or prepare food at home. Which uh, then attaches very well to our last episode about fasting. So skipping lunch <laughs> in that way. Because <laughs> lunch lunch is the, probably the time when I, for example, go most or used to go more often. So it was like five times a week. I would go have lunch outside. And uh, even if it was only 10 euros, but, you know, at the end of the month, 
is is money and um and yeah and now i try to skip few lunches or so that or pre- prepare them from home get some fruits only so that you know it would actually that also is saving and it's also healthier it's also healthier absolutely that's that's what we said as well and uh, now the number four so let's say we have now so actually first of all big thing they already said you need to have so the emergency fund if you don't have that yet can stop listening now and come back another time when when you actually have that now saved so once you have that emergency fund which is one to three months of your salary in savings then uh, you can start investing but before that what you really really need to do and we cannot stress this enough is to have a budget so to we say often that what can be me- measured can be managed if you don't measure how much you spend every day where your expenses go you will never be able to manage them and it took this is more probably the thing that took me most to to get used to and that my friend whenever then i buy something i start to type on my phone uh, what i bought and they're like really are you gonna write the coffee you just bought yes because otherwise i buy coffee every single day for a month and then you know starbucks cost at the end of the month so you need really to have a budget. And um, do you have some advices on, on that? Okay, if, if you're Italian, uh, <laughs> then just head on my blog and, and just download the file. Uh, I, I have a very simple uh, budget tracking Excel file that, that I use. Um, the idea is at the beginning of the year, uh, and this gets easier the more you do it, the more often you do it. But at the beginning of the year, just set yourself a budget. You know how much you make. Uh, you can make a reasonable forecast of how much you make in the year. And try and allocate a reasonable amount of money to the different categories. Food, transportation, housing, travel, clothes, whatever. You know, parties and phone and Netflix or whatever, whatever categories you spend money in. And do it in a way that is as logical and as accurate as you think it can. Now, nobody is perfect, okay? So you will make mistakes. But the idea is the more you do it, the more you get a hand on your spending. And then every month, just track how much you spend in each category. The simple fact of writing down the amount of money that's going out of your wallet is going to help you psychologically reduce expenses. Now, human beings are extremely basic and and extremely simple in their minds. And whatever trick you can use to, you know, improve your chances of financial success is worth it, in my opinion. So just to give you an idea, the main advantages of, of having a budget is that, number one, you will notice where your money goes. You probably don't know today if you don't have you don't know where the money goes. You will probably go at the end of the month, look at your bank statement and go like, wow, where the fuck does all this money go? Okay, so you made a lot of money or a small amount of money or whatever you make. And you're like, where did it go? I have no idea. So when you know where it goes, then you will automatically start thinking, hmm, is this actually making my life better? You know, I'm spending like 10% or of my salary or 20% in beers with friends. Uh, maybe I can invite them over to my place and, and just cut that expense in half and have the same amount of fun. It is critical to keep track of your expenses yes. because you will then understand where it goes. 
to me, it, it was surprising to see how many expenses, I, I want to call them hidden, even if they're not hidden at all. But like when you say Netflix and, and Spotify are not the one that will make me poor. No, but once you put them all together, all these monthly and yearly expenses, they're actually a lot. So for example, there is, you know, the union that you pay yearly. There is, well, I have the car loan. I have the bus as well. So it's twice the transportation cost. The gym. So every month is 60 euros for the gym. Every month I pay something to keep the tires of the car. We, are, we go back to the fact that I own the car, but we have the mm-hmm. winter tires or the summer tires in a hotel, it's called. So tires hotel. So that I pay, you know, every six months. But so I calculated how much is that every month. And so once you see, you know, all of this put together, that it's actually a lot. And then you start to, to think like, well, maybe I do not need actually that new pairs of Nikes that I was looking because my old ones are still pretty good. Listen, everybody I know that started keeping a budget, myself first, I consider myself somebody boringly rational, uh, but myself first, everybody that I know that, has, that started keeping a yeah. budget has actually done two things. Number one, reduce the spending, which is great. And number two, change the way they spend money because you will actually visualize, okay, if your Netflix is giving you a tremendous amount of joy and your Spotify is not, maybe you're going to buy a larger plan with Netflix and just cut Spotify or vice versa. So when you visualize the expenses, number one, you're actually going to spend less money. But number two, you will also direct money in a more efficient way. So you have a double positive. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And uh, totally agree with that. So keep keep the budget. Also because um, there is one thing that you say, and I loved it, is that there is no way that you shouldn't at least save 15% of your salary. So no matter the job you do, no matter if you get 1,200 euros per month or you get 3,000, like at least 15% you should save. And the thing is, if you don't know where you spend them, you cannot know how much you have left or if you're even saving anything. So the, you know, there's also like, now we talk about clothes because, you know, we're Italian, but we're also nerd and, and techie. So the, the new iPhone, the new, the Apple TV, the speakers, oh, but these speakers are a bit better than the other speakers. And every month there is something new. So three months ago there was, I bought the controller of the Apple TV. I don't even know why. I've never used it. I shouldn't have bought it. I'm going to resell it. So that's an expense that, you know, if I would have kept the budget at that time, so I didn't, um, you know, I would have never done. So these sort of things like you should calculate because you need to save at least 50%. And the thing is, it's possible to do. It's really, really possible. And well, Personally, now I like since six months, I managed to put 20% away of my salary, but that's only possible because of a better budget. Because also the budget, I changed it. Like we talked before, uh, before this episode with uh, Andrea about the fact that like now I do it daily and before I was doing it, uh, you know, bi-monthly. So like it's, I, I need to understand like what works for you. And for me, it works daily so that every day I know you know, how, how is it going? And then at the end of the month, I make the sum of everything. So, yeah. Yeah. I personally, okay. When budgeting and when planning your expenses, uh, the rule is whatever works best for you. Uh, the, the, because I, I am personally a guy that I like to, you know, as I was describing before, I set a target goal for the year and then I track monthly and I usually am able 
to stay in line with what the yearly budget is. Uh, if I go overboard one month, then I usually automatically and subconsciously spend less the next month. But if for you it works better uh, to have it on a weekly basis or on a, on a daily basis, whatever. The the idea here is to get to the results, uh, especially especially because keeping track of your expenses is the important thing. Then how you do it, just do it the way that it works best for you. Yes. Uh, regarding the saving fixed uh, percent, you know, a certain percentage of your salary. I am very, very, very strict on this with everybody. Everybody that asks me for advice is, hey, no matter the salary that you make, if you live in a civilized Western country, there is no justification for not saving at least 15% of what you make. Uh, you probably had a salary increase uh, in, in the last years. If you started working since at least five years ago, you certainly have. Uh, and then think about the fact that you were just living uh, a decent life before that salary increase, so you could have least, uh, at least have saved that 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 amount. Uh, the best way to do it, and I'm going to jump ahead uh, just a tiny little bit, but the best way to save money is just to avoid seeing it in the bank. So if you know that your salary hits on the 31st of every month, just set up an automatic withdrawal on a different account. Just open a different savings account, whatever. Uh, and just move the money automatically out. So you make a thousand euros per month, euros per month, go from one account to the other, the same day that you get your salary, so that you don't even see that money and you just pretend it doesn't exist. It works phenomenal. Yes, and uh, two two good points about this. Uh, first of all, is that uh, so? For example, when I got the the last raise, I I did you know a couple of expenses. I was already keeping the budget, so I did a couple of expenses knowing that for those two months I wouldn't then save more. But then after that, I tried you know I invested all the difference, so I tried to save the now all the difference from the raise, and I'm you know happy about that. And I wouldn't have never thought about that you know a year ago. Like I would think like you get a raise, that means my life should increase <laughs> somehow the quality of my <laughs> life, which doesn't make really any sense because I'm having a pretty good life anyway. And uh, the other point that I wanted to do, to say here, uh, I mean, I don't know if we can say it, but like you, you're saving way more than twenty percent. Like, uh, can you can you say like about the percentage? What was it like? Because it's staggering. Okay, I uh, I am lucky because uh, having been living abroad for a long time, and I live back in Italy where costs are fairly low, and my my salary is fairly decent. But um, I in 2016 I saved about 68 percent of my total wages for the year That's so it I, I am frugal but i also make mm, above average money so don't give yourself a 68 no, percent target no, but, it's, uh, absolutely. but you know but you know Andrew, here what's also the point is that like if you know if i know like 99 percent of the people listening to this and if you would get you know your salary then they would buy the tesla you know they would buy the you know Instead of buying, you know, one suit, they would buy like three suits on the same day that they get the salary. You know, like this, this is the difference. Mm -hmm. Is that like, it's what we said in the number three, I thought, I think was, but like, does it, does it really make my life better or is just because I can afford it? And if I can afford it, that's the wrong question, you know, to ask yourself. Absolutely. Mo yeah. Most of the times people will say it's stupid to save half of your salary you know, you don't need to save that much. And my point is actually the opposite is why do I need to spend this money regardless yeah. of how much I make? Uh, you yeah. know, if I hit a big bonus and stuff, uh, 
I consider myself extremely lucky. Uh, most of the people in the Western civilization are lucky enough. Okay, uh, there's there's a lot of poor people, obviously, and this doesn't apply to them. But no. you know, if, if you are between 25 and 35 and you live in a Western country and and you have a job, then you know you're extremely lucky compared to the average uh, yes. on Earth. Uh, you have to think about your expenses in the same way as we were mentioning before. This is critical. Is does this expense make me significantly happier in, in, a, in, a, in a meaningful way, okay? Yeah. Uh, if I go out and drink one beer or I drink three beers, like, is it going to make a huge difference? No. So you can save more money. And, and again, then... we have a normal lifestyle with my wife and, and there's nothing that, that's lacking. We have a decent house. We could have a larger one, but we don't care. We could have a second car. We don't. You know, just... just uh, it's Money's like, freedom. So. Yeah. The second car, for example, when we got the second daughter, that was something that uh, we discussed with my wife. So should we then now buy a second car because we have two girls? <laughs> but And uh, yes, we can afford it. But does it make really our life so much better? Actually not. Because, you know, if we just organize a bit better our week, we will never need a second car, no matter the amount of kids we are going to do. So, so we didn't, you know, we didn't buy it and we are totally happy with only one. And, um, yeah, now let's, let's move on to the number five, because actually until now we talked about saving and okay, now we know that you need to save and that's the most important thing. And then now that we have saved, now that we have something, we have, let's say 50 euros per month, we have a hundred euros per month, we need to invest and, uh, you should invest what you can without making colossal mistakes. And that's number five. And now when one question that many have asked me and uh, is where should I invest? So there is, let's say there is like three parts that you can invest in stock funds or the famous ETF. So can we go like mm -hmm. briefly? I mean, yes, sure. the, the idea is, okay, once you have hopefully uh, created a surplus of money, which is the first thing that we focus on, um, you don't want your money to just sit there in, in a bank account. Uh, we live in an era where inflation is uh, extremely low, but this wasn't always the case. And what people most times they don't understand is that if you leave money in the bank, uh, that money is actually losing value uh, by the day. So you want to have your savings be sort of productive, okay? So you have to invest them. What does investing mean? Just It means just putting money to work so that money does the work for you in, in, in the future. Uh, you can invest in a different amount of things. You can invest in stocks. Uh, stocks are simply a piece of a company. So if you buy Apple stock, you are an owner of Apple, a very small owner, obviously, but should you own a piece of it about 10 years ago, I think. Yeah, <laughs> you probably should have bought it a few years ago, but, you know, in hindsight, everything is easy. But let's imagine, OK, for, for the like Apple, because it's a very famous company, everybody knows it. Um, if you own one stock of Apple, then you are an owner of Apple. And so as every owner, you share the same risks and the same rewards. So the risk is that. If Apple somehow goes bankrupt, then your stock is going to be worth zero. Uh, the reward is that when Apple makes money and becomes a bigger company, then you are entitled to a share of that wealth, uh, which comes back to you in the form of dividends, which is a payment that the company gives to you uh, every year. The same way if you own the bakery, you know, at the end of the year, you take a slice of the profits. That's what, what a dividend is. 
uh, or by capital appreciation. Again, imagine you have a bakery. If the bakery gets bigger and you have more customers, then the bakery is worth more money than it was before. Um, you have other uh, stuff that you can invest in. Um, bonds, for example, that we didn't mention. Um, bonds are basically an instrument. You're lending money to somebody. Okay, so again, let's talk about Apple. Uh, you can either buy an Apple stock, and in that case, you would buy a piece of the company, or you can buy an Apple bond, which means that you're lending money to Apple. Uh, so you're giving 100 euros of your money to Apple. They will use it, likely to invest, buy more machinery or, or, or pay some marketing people, whatever, for the next product. And they will give it back to you uh, in time plus an interest. And the interest is the money that you will be making. It's the opposite of a mortgage. You know, when you buy a house, you usually have to give back the same money that you borrowed plus the interest. So the bond that works the other way around. You're giving money to somebody and giving it back to you. Um, funds are money. You're giving money to somebody that manages it for you, uh, basically. So you give money to someone, for example, and he's buying bonds, stocks, whatever. Give me a lot of money, please. Exactly. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm willing. Uh, we, will, we will give you our PayPal uh, account. Yes, PayPal <laughs> slash uh, OSIB. Please donate. <laughs> exactly. Um, ETFs are, are a fairly new instrument. Uh, they were born in the United States uh, a couple of decades ago. It, it's basically a cheaper way just to simplify a lot. Okay, so this is not uh, a very, very correct statement, but you know, just look it up if you're interested. An ETF is usually a cheaper way to buy a fund. So you're basically putting money in an instrument that's uh, diversifying uh, for you. So to give you an example, you know, uh, if you buy an Apple stock, as we were saying before, then you run a risk because you are investing in one company. If that company goes bad, then you lost all your money. Uh, if you were somehow able to invest in 100 companies, then the risk that they all go bankrupt at the same time is, is obviously lower. Okay, So an ETF can give you the exposure to a lot of companies or a lot of bonds or a lot of stuff, different stuff, in only one single place. It's it's really helpful for investors. I have about half my money in ETFs, for example, uh, because it, it's a very cheap way to diversify the risk. We will we will talk about this later. Yeah, and uh, yeah, exactly. So these are these are the places you can uh, you can invest. And uh, well, personally, I have very little on stock. I have something in companies that I work for because. Well, because I trust and because I know I'm doing the work for them. So I hope that what, you know, it also, it also helps. I don't know if it helps, but it helps me be motivated. <laughs> you know, like I try to do better job because I know that, you know, I bought some stock from them. Uh, but I also know, and actually like uh, from everything that I've invested, those are the only one right now in negative because that's unfortunately what stock is. Those that are a bit more volatile, let's say. And uh, the rest, I have it in funds and ETFs, so that is very di di diversified. The well, actually, that we can talk about later, but these are the one that you can invest. And very important that we, uh, and I already mentioned number six is try to automate the payment. So to have something small every month, because uh, can you actually explain like what's the difference if instead of paying let's say at the end of the year something it's better that i pay let's say 100 euro every month isn't it the same isn't it anyway 1200 euro mm, 
the idea is uh, once you have it automatical, uh, automatic, then you first of all you have the the, the habit. You know, you 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 mentioned that your next uh, episode is going to be on the power of habits. Um, you have a certain amount of money, a small amount of money that goes out every single month. Um, then in the long run, you're not going to even notice it. Okay. The second thing is. As you were mentioning, stocks or whatever investments are volatile. So they go up, they go down. Uh, if you buy every month, uh, you will buy low, you will buy high. You will, what we say, uh, you will dollar cost average, which means that you will probably never buy at the cheapest. You will never buy at the highest. But you're giving yourself a great chance to be in, in excellent shape uh, throughout time. Now, People underestimate the power of compounding. Uh, compounding in Italian is exponentiale. Okay, it's it's basically the the, the strength of small percentages. Um, people don't think about it, uh, but it actually, uh, just you know, take a calculator and let's say your average investment is going to give you four percent a year. Okay, which is a reasonable. Uh, which is a reasonable yeah, expectation is. for the yeah. future. Okay, so uh, over 35 years, the way to calculate uh, how much this becomes is to say 1.04 is uh, you know 100% of your investment plus the 4% um, elevated power 35, which is over 35 years. Now 1,200 euros, which is you know 100 euros per month, per month over 35 year. years at 4%, they become. 4,375 euros. So basically almost quadruple over the uh, over 35 years. It's pretty amazing. And it's the reason why saving a little bit every month automatically in the long run, if you don't pay attention to it, will result in, in an incredible amount of wealth. And again, what you said before, we are very simple-minded <laughs> beings. So the fact that I don't see them, I mean, the fact that every month, 20% of my salary goes into investment. I don't even think about it. I don't even, like, it's money I don't have. That, so that's that's my, like, I don't buy a bigger whatever because I don't even see that money. So I don't have that money. So it doesn't go in my account. So, and I will, you know, of course, I also check it, you know, how is it going? But I don't think about it. So that's that's also like, I think the the psychology psychological reason is as strong as the as the compound interest reason, but which is better, obviously, because it's real money. But it's just so to show people that, like you know, instead of you know putting something every few months, it's way better that you do it monthly, especially for this dollar cost average, so that you will always be you you can fight whenever it's high, but you also are okay whenever it's low. Exactly. Yeah. The the and, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, then I wanted just to, to then, you know, the, the fact that I don't ever watch it then is uh, like the hardest thing to do is do nothing. And this comes to the number seven, which is always thing in the long run. So in the, in the long period of time, you know, for example, Brexit, when it came in the long run, who cares about Brexit? Because it was the same as you started to invest in 2008 or, for example, when as soon as I started investing in 2016, there was a small crisis. I think it was in March in 2016. And it was exactly a week after I started investing. But it was mm -hmm. funny because 
Luckily, I had read enough that I wasn't worried even one bit. And right now, everything I invested is plus 8% about from those small stock. But like, so you just need to keep cool. But do, do you want to say something about the, yeah, the long period? Yeah, the, the, the simple thing is uh, look at, you know, the 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 stock market on which we have the most uh, accurate historical information is uh, the U.S. market. Okay, so just Google uh, the S&P 500, uh, the largest companies uh, in the United States. Okay, uh, just to look at how it went throughout the ages. Okay, it, the first data is I think late 1800s. Okay, you will see that it has some very very impressive ups and downs. But over the long run, it always goes up. And this is for a very simple reason. The world is becoming bigger. Economies are becoming bigger. So unless for some sort of reason we have a permanent thermonuclear war that's going to end us all, uh, in which case I don't think your investments will matter that much to you. <laughs> There's going to be other stuff you're going to be worried about. Um, <laughs> but, but usually big crises, even like the crisis of 2008, 2009, are just um, it, it, there's a funny uh, joke that they say in, in the United States and they say, do you know who the best investors are? And the answer is dead people because they just don't do anything. They just keep their investments and they, and they just don't move. Uh, imagine you had money in stocks in 2005. Okay. Um, now 2008, 2009, you see them going down and they actually went down by 50%. If you panic sold, then you would have lost half the money. If you just didn't do anything, then today you would be up. So uh, the, the thing is, yeah. if you are a 25, 35 year old person, your horizon, your time span, uh, your targets should not be what happens in the next five years. You're gonna be needing this money in retirement. You're gonna be needing this money in 35 years, in 30 years, hopefully 50 years from now. Um, what happens in the short term is completely irrelevant. And being able to zone this out is really a key for success. All right. And number eight, we go back to what we were saying a bit before, which is diversify. So try to diversify. I mean, at least the way I understand it is that try to buy as much as possible from as many different sources as possible. Is it that? Or what do you understand? Um, the idea is, okay, let's imagine again for, for a simple, uh, for the simple that you want to invest in stocks, okay? And, and let's just imagine that the only stocks available are Apple and, and Samsung, okay? There's only two companies in the world, so you can either buy one or the other. Um, if you buy Apple and then somehow Samsung is the one that wins the war and becomes the hegemony on the planet, then all your stocks are going to be worth zero. Um, so if you own them both, okay, of course the upside is, is lower, uh, because you know, if one goes up, the other goes down, but you're sure your money is not going to get screwed. Okay. So you're just banking on the fact that overall those two companies are, you know, as a whole, as a conglomerate, they're going to do great. And so, you know, you're going to do good, um, by proxy. Okay. So thankfully, there are today uh, a lot of very nice uh, instruments, uh, mostly ETFs, that give you access to 
a whole bunch of stocks. Uh, I have a few examples in my blog, but for let's say, for example, you're 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 a citizen of Europe. Okay, you live in Finland, Sweden, Italy, whatever. Um, you can buy uh, some ETFs uh, that just give you exposure. They just invest in the top, say, 900 companies in Europe. So you will own a piece of Nestle. You will own a piece of you know, Royal Dutch Shell, you will own a piece of HSBC Bank, you will own a piece of Procter & Gamble. No, not Procter & Gamble, but you will own a piece of Danone. Um, so you will have diversified your risk. So in the moment, let's say, for example, something happens like, you know, when two years ago, oil stocks were all going down, then your oil stocks are going to be go going down, but maybe, you know, some other categories are going to go up. So uh, you're diversifying your risk in a very cheap uh, way. Okay, it's it's one product. It gives you exposure throughout uh, different markets. So you're going to be buying some Italian stocks, some French stocks, some German stocks uh, throughout different sectors. You're going to be buying pharmaceuticals. You're going to be buying energy. You're going to be buying uh, a little bit of everything. So I think that you know diversifying obviously is something that will reduce your upside. Okay, uh, imagine we we're joking before you, you you bought some Apple stock 20 years ago. You would be a multi-millionaire with a very small investment. But imagine you bought 20 years ago some Enron stock. You would be completely bankrupt <laughs> or your yeah. investments would have gone to zero. So uh, do you want to have a big swing or not? Uh, personally, you know, my goal in life is to have enough money to live decently. I, I don't think it's going to be a huge difference if one year I end up with one million or a hundred million. Uh, the real difference is between having zero and one million. That, that's where the exactly. big difference. Yeah. So if, if you just save diligently and invest diligently and diversify, you're probably guaranteeing yourself that you're never going to become a multimillionaire, but you're also guaranteeing yourself that you're going to have a pretty uh, decent life uh, throughout the ages. So that's why I think you should diversify. You, you, your big hits are going to compensate your big losses, and overall it's going to be uh, a bumpy but positive ride. Yeah, and also I think it's probably the easiest one to have a peace of mind. Like uh, I have I have this good friend of mine who invests daily. So daily he really like, you know, what how they say, you know, they play they play with the stock. It would be too much stress for me because I have <laughs> a daily job. And uh, and like I like this fact that like every month, like I chose some, I chose like uh, 10 different places where it goes. So it goes only, you know, maybe 50 euros maybe a little bit more but you know 10 different places where every month something goes and then uh, i don't think about it and then um, you know then maybe at the end of the year i ch you know i change a few of those maybe the five best performing i keep the five least performing i change with another five and so i have to do it basically once a year and it gives you also this sort of peace of mind that you don't have to worry about it you know you're gonna be okay and you're gonna have more than you had last year, which is which is really good because it doesn't make any sense to keep all those money in the in just in your normal account when you know that you can actually you know have more at the end of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, you know, you want to keep a very very long term uh, horizon. Exactly. So, exactly. Uh, you know, try and invest uh, thinking about what's going to happen in the next ten years, uh, not what's going to happen in the next ten months. 
because uh, the economy goes in cycles. Uh, I don't know if you remember. Just think about oil. Uh, in in hmm. just just five or six. Uh, when was it? Like I don't know, two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, maybe when oil almost hit one hundred and fifty dollars a yes, barrel. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it looked like the world was gonna end. That we had no more <laughs> oil and we're all screwed and whatever. Uh, now fast forward February this year, uh, oil was worth twenty nine dollars a barrel, yeah, yeah. and apparently all uh, oil companies were gonna go bankrupt the next day. Yeah, uh, yeah. Those are like just crazy overreactions to stuff. You know, oil goes up, oil goes down. Who cares? You know, just you know, keep a long term horizon. Exactly. You're gonna do fine. You're gonna do fine. Now, your friend that does some daily trading uh, is, is a good segue into the next point, which is you want to minimize your expenses. Um, when you invest, if you buy and sell stock continuously. Uh, the happiest person is your bank holder because every time you buy something and sell something, you have a fixed fee for buying and selling. Now, those fees are gone. So uh, it's something that you're never going to get back. So for you to be able to make more money by buying and selling continuously uh, compared to just holding whatever you have and adding little by little, you would have to outperform the market by a lot because you know, let's say you uh, you trade a thousand euros worth of uh, of stocks every day. Okay, now the average cost is probably like five euros per per trade. So you do it every every day of the month uh, once. Okay, so you will have spent 150 euros at the end of the month just to move the stock every single day. Now, if I just hold it, eh, I already have 150 euros advantage on you. So Pay attention to costs. Uh, a lot of the funds are very expensive to get in. Uh, they have very high management fees. Uh, some ETFs are much cheaper. Over the long term, which is what you always should focus on, uh, this is going to make a big, big, big difference. Okay. Is there is there a risk that, like, uh, for example, like I invest some in my with my bank, and uh, I didn't check too much about the expenses and now like is there a, um, a risk that i'm actually losing money even if everything is in positive uh no because uh, usually the funds that you own are uh, calculated net of fees so the fees are taken out from the value of the fund so if you see a plus then it's a plus uh, because they usually take out uh, let's say your, your fund is worth a uh, thousand euros again uh, then Basically, they prorate the management fees every day and they take it out from the asset value. So they will take out a little portion of the value of, of your holdings uh, every single day. Uh, what's going to do is it's going to eat into your performance. Um, right. So let's say I own an ETF that tracks the performance of, let's say, the biggest European stocks and I pay 0.12%. Uh, you have a similar fund, uh, but it's managed by a person and it charges you 3%. Then over 10 years, uh, the difference between mine and yours is going to be gigantic. Just do the math. It, it's phenomenal. There is in, in 2017, there is absolutely no reason to hold any fund or any ETF that costs you more than 0.7% per year. There's absolutely no reason why you should do and that. That so, was the moment when I read that sentence in your latest blog. That was the moment that I went to check because I thought my 0.85 was okay. And then I read 0.7. Fuck me. Okay. Then I need uh, to recheck everything. 
Now, point point eighty five is not bad. Uh, you have a lot of funds uh, that have outrageous fees, like yeah, 3%, yeah. There was one one point three. Like crazy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's so that, that's way too much. Exactly. Uh, especially because there is, you know, unless you really invest with something very obscure, uh, like you want to trade like metals or I don't know, like copper, that type of stuff. But if you just want to buy big stocks or if you just want to buy bonds you know like basic stuff you can probably replicate very accurately whatever fund you have with something that's that's cheaper yeah. uh, to give you an idea uh, most of the big markets so the u.s stock market the european market the emerging markets the china market whatever you can all track them with an etf that costs less than zero exactly yeah so. This is great. And uh, last point, we actually went through 10 different points. So we've had, for example, don't be slave to your job, have at least three months of your salary saved. Think about housing, transportation and food when think about expenses, budget everything, invest what you can, automate your investment. Think about the long run diversify and minimize expenses. And now the last point is not so much anymore about actual banking fees or expenses, it's check your friends. So who do you hang around with? And can you explain this part, which I actually enjoy a lot? It's fairly simple. Uh, we are social animals. Uh, we tend to uh, behave in a similar way to our peers. Uh, so if your friends go out five times a week uh, to drink beers, uh, chances are you'll, you'll adapt uh, the same type of behavior, okay? If your friends are frugal friends that will just uh, meet five times a week in the same way, but they will do so at home and, and, and you know, drink beers at home, then you will probably adjust to that way of living. So um, you always have that friend who spends a lot of money uh, and you also have probably the friends that are more like, you know, uh, disciplined with, the, with what they do. Um, Whatever your friends do and your, your, your parents do, your family does, is going to influence you in a big way, uh, and colleagues what, and that type of stuff. Yes, and this is actually the point at the beginning when you were saying, my friend makes 1,000 euro more than me or my friend makes 2,000 euro more than me, so he's worthier than me. Is he really though? Because if he then spends all what he earns in a 10-year period, you're then way wealthier than them. So... I mean, we don't want to be as frugal as say we never go out, we never go have dinner. We all like to party. We all like to have dinner out. We all like to shop. For example, I love shopping. But then again, you know, do it by thinking about your budget. Have you saved your 20% this month? Then you can afford your, you can afford, well, does your, actually, I'm not going to ask anymore. I can afford my sneakers is, will, will my life be better if I own the latest pair of, pair of sneakers or not? This sort of thing. Yeah, and, and the answer is, if your old sneakers are broken, then the answer is then yes. Is. I, exactly. I, I, exactly. Yeah, I need a nice pair of <laughs> Absolutely. Sneakers. So it's not, it's not about not spending money. Exactly. It's but just also, spending money in a way that makes sense. Yeah, and also like, for example, clothing, since we are talking about it, like, you know, when, when I go to Italy, I tend to then buy something that I know it's going to last me at least five to 10 years. And then I don't go anymore at all in places where I just buy something for this summer or just something for this month or whatever. It doesn't make any sense. So I prefer to pay more, but for something that, you know, in the long run, I, 
you know, I can use it way longer than something that is just now because it's hot to have it in that color right now. Absolutely. And um, now we have actually a few questions from the audience, Andrea, if you have still 10 mm -hmm. minutes. Absolutely. And to do them, I'm going to invite Claudio because <laughs> he did have some questions. So he asked if he can make the questions. Now let's let's connect him as well. Buonasera. Yes. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao uh, are we live? <laughs> we are, we're live since about an hour. <laughs> thank you for, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. I, I'm not going to say that you missed an incredible episode because you can listen to it when you download the yeah, episode. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I'm very happy. And I have to say yesterday I spent the whole day reading the blog. So uh, at least awesome. I, I, I know probably everything you've been talking about. I hope you didn't. Uh, well, I know. I hope you, you added some secrets uh, so I can invest better. Yes. <laughs> we'll see. I, I, I keep producing stuff I'm, I'm at a very slow pace, but, you know... Uh, We'll see. Keep following. And thanks a lot for the compliments. No, but it was very good. And I had a few questions uh, after reading. Uh, and I read everything, really. So um, um, uh, it was really, really cool. I, I really like the style. But why do you think... So can I ask, by the way? I, I, yeah, am yeah, I yeah. interrupting? Am I, am I no, interrupting? No, no, we, just, we were done. <laughs> we were done with the 10 steps. So we had the 10 steps to get everybody we know richer by you know next year. <laughs> so now, now you can ask your questions. Yeah, I was wondering, you know, coming from Italy uh, and uh, being one of the person you probably described, uh, that why do you think we're so stupid in Italy, meaning financially, uh, you compare with, you know, some uh, unknown countries here and there? Uh, although on TV, they always talk about uh, investing and uh, the spread is uh, going up and the Dow Jones. Sorry, sorry to stop sorry. you there, but I, I wouldn't talk about like Italy because like, uh, for example, when, when I went to Sweden, like people were eating white rice and tuna and tuna before the paycheck because they finished the money and they were getting way more than I did every month. So it's it's not a country thing. It's just probably our generation, I would say. But I let uh, Andrea answer, maybe. Mm, no, the, the thing is, it's fairly simple. Most people mm, don't know how to do math. Uh, that, that's uh, I think the biggest uh, injustice that we can do uh, to human beings is not teaching them math. Uh, we, we, we learn in school a lot of uh, stuff that is great, uh, history, literature and stuff. But um, people are not taught the basics of accounting. Uh, people are not taught the basics of compound interest and how it works in your favor or against you. And it's just that I think our, uh, I'm going to go a little philosophical on you now, but uh, I think our society, you know, which is based on people spending money, actually, uh, it doesn't have the right incentives to tell you, hey, you shouldn't spend all that money in consumer goods that you don't need. You should actually save it. Uh, it just doesn't make sense for the way our system works to push you to spend less so it's i think that's that's the underlying reason why now in, in italy and specifically in europe i think people are afraid um, of stocks and and investing because it's something they don't uh, understand that much and our markets are not that efficient uh, so you always have the impression that you know there's something else going on and you're at a disadvantage the media helps you know uh, when, when everybody's telling you that the world is ending, uh, we behave in herd. Uh, we have herd behavior. So everybody sells uh, at the wrong time and everybody buys at the wrong time. Uh, mostly it's just the laws of, 
of statistics, right? When, when stocks are going up, it means that more people are buying than selling. And when stocks are going down, it means more people are selling than buying. So it, it's fairly simple. The average person will fall into the psychological trap of buying when it's high because they look in the rearview mirror and they will see, oh, my God, you know, stocks returned, I don't know, 20% a year for the last five years. Uh, and so they will buy exactly when stocks are peaking. And, and when everything is, is falling and the media is telling you that the world is going to end, uh, nobody is sane enough to say, wait a minute, we've seen this before. This is, this, you know, stocks are going to recover eventually. And they just panic sell. And this burns them. Uh, I, I've read on, on, on a couple of forums that I, that I follow uh, about people that actually bought stocks in 2008, uh, that precisely the wrong time, and, and, and got out in 2009 losing half the money that they put in, getting out exactly at the wrong time. Uh, I was told when I, when I was a kid, you know, I was speaking with a, with a friend of our family who was my, my, my mentor, and I asked him, listen, how do you make money in stocks? He said, listen, the, the best way is to try and buy them cheap and, you know, either not sell them at all or sell them when they're high. Uh, and, and, and laughing, I said, well, th this sounds extremely easy. And he said, but, you know, it's not what people do. <laughs> it's a fact. <laughs> And then, well, we talked already that stock are difficult to follow, but yeah, <laughs> everything else, yeah. Um, no, for me, uh, I yeah. mean, uh, sorry again, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, last year, 2016, I, I decided that I was uh, an ignorant. I was really, uh, like, I didn't know anything about investing and, uh, and with the finance. So I, I, I picked three books and I read them and, and I have to say they really, they really, change my my idea and then i started saving so they really had a huge impact uh and now i mean i mean i managed to save quite a lot i think i saved more than uh, than uh, 30 percent of my salary uh, but one thing um I, I really have a hard time so uh, tracking my my expenses so i think the secret here for me has been to automate it the the, the saving meaning what, what you also suggest in your in your blog to to really and make sure that when I get my salary, I don't see it. I don't see more than 30% of my salary because it goes away immediately. So then I can spend all my money, although it isn't all my money. Exactly. And, uh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I had, I had one more interesting question, maybe at least for me, uh, that I wanted to know, what would you do when you will have, you know, when you will, would have saved enough money uh and then you get virtually independent would you just go scuba diving with sharks is that <laughs> a dream that uh, honestly i don't know uh, the the uh, we, we said this at the beginning of of the pod uh, money gives you when you have a lot of money uh, it gives you the freedom to do whatever you want and then at certain point in life uh, whatever you want can be volunteering can be scuba diving can be whatever. Um, the thing is, you know, it, it's very sad for me to see that even people that make very big amounts of money, they usually end up spending most of their life doing something that they don't like to do, uh, which is working. You know, some people are blessed enough to, to, to enjoy their job, then, you know, for all intents and purposes, go ahead and, and, and have a blast. But uh, it's crazy to see people being miserable and with them making a shit ton of money uh, just so they can go out and, and, and blow it in, in 15 days in, in Vegas. I mean, just be disciplined, save it, and then you can decide to do whatever you want to do. You know, for example, I, I've always loved 
teaching kids. It's just uh, uh, it, the financial incentives are just uh, are just very mediocre uh, in, in this sense. But you know, when when the utility of extra money becomes uh, lower, uh, then maybe you go back and do whatever you like. You know, who knows? For for now, I'm just focusing on saving. Then I'll, I'll figure out something later. There's there's plenty of things that I like to do. <laughs> I love it, and uh, and you know, like I love the fact that you know you can really like the freedom you talk so much about. The fact that like if something happens with my job, I mean, it might be that I get fired for some reason or my company gets broke up, whatever. But that I don't need to panic. That I don't need to. Or if I start not to like anymore what I do, I don't need to be stuck there. Because right now, for example, I'm one of those blessed that I'm really happy every day when I go to work because I I really like it. But it might be that in 10 years, I don't like it anymore. And then I don't need to be stuck there for another year, another two years, just because I don't have the money to get to the next month. Like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. So just that I, if I decide that, you know, look, my kids are big enough to live by themselves. Maybe, you know, we just move somewhere and decide from there where to go. For example, I want to have to be able to have the freedom to do whatever I want to do. So that's that's at least the reason why I'm trying to save. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, you know, I made a yeah. sorry, guys. I wanna. I made a calculation, and I realized that I have to double uh, what I'm saving at the moment to reach more than a million in uh, 20 years. So uh, that that that's my goal now. But I also realized that I can actually move to a place like Indonesia, where it's much cheaper to live. So I don't need a million saved. So that's the <laughs> other that's the other option. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but actually, the moving to New York is was one of the things that we talked about. I mean, one of the things that like there, you don't have to pay for the loan, and housing is one of the three big expenses. And uh, and food also, like you can save something, but especially housing. So there, for example, you don't have, you know, a loan to pay every every month. So that's everything. Yeah, you can, it's, you can it's true. But as, yeah. as Andrea knows, New York is quite of an expensive city. So it's uh, very easy to, uh, especially when you, uh, for me now at the moment, I'm, I'm able to save my normal amount because that's already taken. But I realized that I spend more than I should have. But it's just easy to falling out of, uh, uh, you know, the normal autopilot. You're in a new city. Uh, my girlfriend was visiting. So from next month, obviously, it's not just next Monday. What do you yes. say? But, but I just need to to go back to my old habits, to go to a more minimum. I'm also living in a hotel, so it's quite complicated to cook when you're <laughs> yeah. in a hotel. You have to go to the restaurant. That's, that's, that's I think, one of the... Uh, I really like the... Uh, you could have talked about anything else in the blog, but you talk about finance. But the major point for me was that you, you know, talking about discipline... Uh, I really like. Can we swear in this podcast, Simone? Is that yeah, something we've said we... fuck a lot of time in this? Uh, in this. Podcast. Yeah. So hard. <laughs> I like the hard and the fuck up that you mentioned in there. That you know, people, <laughs> the people that like to complain about their life, I can't save here and there. But when you look deeper, I mean, we're just wasting a lot of money, a lot of time doing things that we don't need. So it's. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the money I spent on Amazon is ridiculous this month. I think so. It's, uh, so budget, budget um, better. <laughs> I yeah. I just wanted to ask uh, Andrea if you have any books to recommend. Sorry, I haven't actually asked you this beforehand, so I don't know if you prepared that. But for example, I remember uh, at least I don't know if it was from your blog, but reading somewhere at least two books. Uh, absolutely must read. Very easy to read. One is the The Investment Answer by Gordon Murray. And one is A Random Walk Down Wall Street by Barton okay. Heidecker. 
Yeah, a random walk down Wall Street is not that easy, actually. It can get a little bit tricky if you're not familiar with the terms. Um, I would recommend uh, people to start. Uh, there's a very simple book that's called If You Can. Um, and I don't remember the, the author. I think it's uh, William Bernstein. Um, it's, uh, I think, a 16, 20-page book. Uh, it's, it's super simple. It's available. Uh, it's available for free in PDF. Uh, it's something that you can read while being in the toilet on a Sunday. Um, it gives you a very short is, explanation. I, mean, I think you already convinced me. It's free and I can read it in the toilet on a Sunday. So that's that's the, that's the what I'm going to do today. Exactly. So, <laughs> so if, if you can... How millennials can get rich slowly by Barnstein. Correct. Yes. Correct. Uh, it focuses, I mean, the, the how-tos are focused towards the American public. principles are there. Um, another fantastic book uh, that's very easy to read and that will give you the basics on why saving money is normally more important than anything else is The Millionaire Next Door. Uh, it's a fantastic book that you can read. It's, it's very nicely written. It's, uh, it's entertaining. Uh, it has a lot of examples and, and stuff. And it basically, it's a deep dive into... Uh, the millionaires in the United States and what those two statisticians find out is that normally they're not super ultra high earners they're just a high salary and they just save more than they make that's it uh, it's the it's a great book uh, it's a nice read it's easy so start with if you can it's it's 16 to 20 pages uh, it gives you all the basics and then go out and read the millionaire next door yeah, The Millionaire Next Door, The Surprising Secrets of Americans Wealthy by Stanley Thomas. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna yeah, one to book I read, uh, sorry, it was Money Mastered the Game by Tony Robbins. That, uh, it's very long, uh, but it really helped to kind of... I also read all the other ones that you mentioned, except uh, if you can. Uh, so I don't know if I like that one because I read all the others also. But there was... a. Uh, it was a very interesting one. I like Tony Robbins in general. So, And uh, thank you, Andrea, so much. I mean, if I took three big, if I have to take like three big rules after this podcast, if I hadn't invested already a bit, but it would be spend less than you can get, create an emergency fund and invest everything else. So those are the three big rules. And uh, that, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, this was really, really It's been really a pleasure, cool. guys. Wow. Thank you so much. What an incredible episode. Uh, well, Claudio... That I completely missed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but you were there for the last questions. And I actually, I'm very happy because you're going to listen to it. And Andrea said that he's totally open to come back. So when you listen to it, Claudio first, but everyone else as well. If you have questions about what we said, write them down ask them and we can invite them there for you know this was very long this was more than an hour but we can have a 10 minutes episode where we just answer questions that you have about this and uh you at can... least we collect oh well if andrea is there yeah we can also answer them otherwise we can collect them <laughs> for him yeah <laughs> just read yeah. them all out yeah but uh yeah guys uh please a big big and important thing is Press like on that page on Facebook and share stuff. So share, we try to post almost every day quotes from book that we read, feedback from, from listeners, stuff that we find online. Please share and you know spread the love because that's what helps us 
succeed with this with this small project. Yes. And it's more fun if you insult us publicly, I think. If you just send a message privately to me and Simona, it's less fun. Just write it on a wall, but don't keep it private. Totally agree. And what we have for you uh, is that in the next 10 days, we are having the next episode, which is the power of habits. So what what we will talk about is habits. And the habits that I am going to experiment on is waking up at 5.30 every morning, which will allow me to have more time for stuff. What stuff? I don't know yet because I haven't woke up at that time yet. But I want to wake up from tomorrow on every single day, no matter the time I go to sleep, I wake up at 5.30. Hmm, I have to think about it. Maybe I'll, uh, I've done that before, but this week I, I could maybe do it. Let's uh, let's see if I can do it this week. I'll, we, could, uh, we, could, we could try to do something together like that. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, hear you soon. And I'm looking forward to listen this episode because I haven't. So I'm uh, now I'm a listener. I'll send a lot of questions on the blog, I'm sure, on the on the page. <laughs> do that. <laughs> ciao. Ciao, Simone. Enjoy ciao. Helsinki. Ciao, Bello. And ciao, everybody. Enjoy wherever you are.